I can be very socially awkward when I, but I'm also self-aware. There are people that are not self-aware. And those, like, if, if that was my kid, I would pull them aside. And I mean, I have, you know, with my daughter and like, you can't shut people down by just saying, I don't want to do that and move yeah, on. Right. Like, you know, you talk to them about stuff like that, but it's harder as an adult. Um, and we, all, is we all have friends where it's not my job. It's not my job and it's not like my stewardship. It's not my right to like pull them aside and be like, did you know you're socially awkward? Yeah, that's just Can not I help you with your skills? Like, oh, yeah, no, you brother. just, you can't. It's easier if we figure it out together. Welcome to The Lisa Show. On The Lisa Show, we've changed the way that we do things. We've changed the format. But one thing that hasn't changed is Carrie Ann Rhodes. She has been... (laughs) I am eternal. (laughs) A great friend of the show. And so I wanted to take this opportunity to use you for a little experiment, Carrie Ann, if you will. All right. Uh, I think this is an interesting part of being an adult, which is, you know, making and keeping friends when you're an adult is, is something that we don't really talk about in terms of how to do it, like a skill to, to practice. Yeah. We just kind of talk about it of, oh, yeah, isn't it hard? Isn't it weird? Or isn't it hard to make friends as an adult? But Yeah, or what role are they supposed to play in your life when you get a little bit older or when you go through something hard or when you don't have time and everyone's on a different sort of path. Like I might be going right. through a really difficult time and somebody else isn't. And and one person is super busy establishing a new career or with kids or something. Mm-hmm. And another person has a little bit more leisure time and, you know, and, and your we marital talk, status. We talk for kids about this. Like we're so focused and like, are you doing well socially? And oh, you don't feel like you have friends. Well, this is how you do it. And we talk about that when you're younger. Yeah. But do we talk about that <laughs> no. together as friends not and as adults? Not really. We might read some articles about it or <laughs> a BuzzFeed. listen to some I'll, I'll read a BuzzFeed list. <laughs> about it. <laughs> so I thought this would be a great e- experiment because I think I don't know anyone who is r- perfect at this, right? <laughs> it's because everybody's different. And so because you're interacting with other people as friends, it's different. Um, and the idea that I'm really fascinated with right now is that you may be quote unquote friends with somebody for a long time, mm-hmm. but it might be on a superficial level, sure. right? And yeah. you might just think, Oh, uh, you know, yeah, sure, I know them. And then somebody will say, hey, did you hear about that one time when they went to Spain and this happened? And you'll be like, wait, what? <laughs> and it's like you don't even know. You feel like you right. don't even know them. Or, oh, yeah, I, I knew them. They used to, you know, sing karaoke with with me. And the, 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 and then you'll think, no, there's no way. That's not, not who <laughs> I, I do not know, know right? that person. <laughs> I love how we all want to be a little bit mysterious, right? A little bit layered and nuanced, sure. right? Like, you don't know everything thing about me. I'm complex. I'm an onion. <laughs> you haven't even begun yeah. to feel back the layers. But really, we crave connection. Sure. And we really crave people knowing and seeing us for who we are and, and accepting it. And we can offer that to others. So in an attempt to sort of model this, <laughs> I thought it would be interesting to actually get to know you better or on a deeper level than we know you on The Lisa Show. So okay. We've had you come on and talk about interior design. We've had you talk about traveling with kids. We've had you talk about a little bit about your life and and sort of the events, but really in an effort to get to know you deeper, and we can all do this <laughs> to with our friends if we're craving a deeper connection, mm-hmm. who is Carrie Ann Rhodes? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So um, I just want to start, there are so many different... Uh, like quizzes and questions that you can ask people to get to know them. And I I, I think that... Um, personality tests. Yeah, right. personality There's, tests. Aren't there some personality mm-hmm. tests that you know you could ask someone, oh, what are you in this? And that then you kind of like unlock a new level. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, oh, now okay, I'm hyper I know aware about you. as an extrovert that I, for whatever reason, I'm attracted to introverts. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I'm an introvert that's attracted to extroverts. <laughs> we need each other. We need each other. And so I'm always conscious of like, don't ask too many questions. Don't be too personal. Don't get in their face too much. Don't be too much. Turn it down a little bit. That's the internal dialogue I have. And yet when people just <laughs> Let me be me. <laughs> I I feel the most comfortable. Right. But in talking to my other extrovert friends, they're like, yeah, and I don't really know, like, you know, 
how much to push it. And then my introverted friends will be like, I need to, I'm better one-on-one. I need to ease in on it. Mm-hmm. You know, hold the phone a little bit. Nothing is more frustrating to me though, is someone who won't answer my questions Same. or open up. I, yes. My favorites. And, and this is where even as an introvert, I have to hold back. If I meet someone like at a party or if I'm getting to know someone, I want to sit down and like intensely look into their eyes and just ask them everything. I know me like, too. What is that was weird? This? How did this happen? Yeah. Why? Why are you like this? Why are you like this? Do you yeah. know why I'm like this? <laughs> I'll tell you. No. So it's, I love to do that to other people. I kind of want to give so, everybody permission to do that. And I think, yes, if you you know you need to go get like recharged at home, right? Mm-hmm. And you can you only have a little bit of social capital to give, then yes, you monitor and have your own boundaries. But when you're ready to connect and when you're ready to, to go out in public or to have a conversation with somebody and to make a real connection and make a joke and have mm-hmm. some fun too, this is kind of how you, how you could do it. So I thought maybe we could model that. That'll be fun. Okay. I love genuine connection. I'm yeah. hard with superficial connection and chit chat. That's like my nightmare. Okay, so here we go. Here are some examples of questions that I have stolen from online sources, <laughs> <laughs> which are just really personality questions or just, you know, if you are thinking, I don't know, I'm so sick of tired of asking people, how are you? What do you do for a living? How many kids do you have? Uh Like the same boring questions. So if you're trying to get to know somebody, here are some other questions that you can ask. So Carrie Ann. This is great. Okay. 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 What is your favorite time of the day? (laughs) Right now, I mean, sure, this is like changed over time, right? When I was a teenager, my favorite time of day was the time where I could get in my bed and like just lay there (laughs) and either go to sleep or like take a nap. And now it's the same. But that time (laughs) of day, (laughs) but that time of day has changed. I have found, um, and I think it's just been this school year, my, my husband who works at home, still, um, we have found this like sweet spot of the day where we both get up, we're both getting kids ready to breakfast, get them out the door. And then we both have like 45 minutes of, um, there's actually a Scottish word for it. It's called herkle durkle. Oh, I love it. And it means staying in bed longer than you know you should. <laughs> when there's other stuff you have oh, to be doing. Oh, I'm going to go herkle durkle for a while. Herkle derkle, is that what they would say? Very cool. And so we both we both just get on our phones. And it's that time of day to like, okay, all that rush is done. And okay, now I can read like texts that have come in. Or now I can check emails because I'm waiting for this email. Or I'm, I'm checking Twitter, you know, or, or checking even the news. Like, So it's just this nice time of day to like, oh, just kind of. Uh-huh. And then I'm ready. And then I feel ready to get up and like, and maybe it's a time to like organize my thoughts. So right now it is mid, early mid-morning is okay. a great time of day to collect my thoughts. Get ready. I love it. What is the best compliment that you've ever received? I think I'm, I think one that's like flattering or that is when, is when someone says, and I hope this is not like too (laughs) braggy sounding, but when, when someone says like, what can't you do? Or like, you can do anything. And that always makes me feel good because I try. I'm not like, I, I don't seek success or like I need compliments, but I recognize that that is something about me that I'm not afraid to try. Like, why not? kind of thing. Like, okay, let's yeah, try. I confirm that. I see that <laughs> I can you. see that in you. <laughs> and um, it's just nice to, when someone recognizes that, because I feel like it means they can count on me. Like, you're dependable. You, see, you can, I know you can do that. a better way to get to know somebody? I mean, because <laughs> you've revealed a lot about the, like what you enjoy as well and what you value by asking like a, a secondary question. I really like learning oh. that about you. Okay, so this is kind of a, this is more difficult to answer, but just be as honest as you want to be. What is your biggest weakness? There are many. I'm trying to, I'm trying to judge what's, which one is the largest of those. I think like one I don't like about myself is I'm not motivated to like exercise. That's not something that like drives me. I, it. it 
um, I mean, I have friends that like it, it energizes them. It's good for their mental health. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they have to do something or else they're just kind of miserable. And that's, n- it's just not me. And it probably should. Like, I'm sure there's benefits. I just cannot make myself enjoy it. I cannot make myself. I like to go out and do fun things. Like, I love to like roller skate. I love to swim. I love to, um, you know, go for walks or like do an activity. But for the life of me, I can't go to a class, like a fitness class. I can't go walk just to walk. Like I can think of so many things that I should, could, whatever be doing. Running, no, there's no way. Tried it, tried it, tried it. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like I I do kind of, that's something I do kind of feel bad about, but, um, not that bad. Then what's your biggest strength? Um, it's a strength and a weakness. <laughs> okay. Is, is just being decisive and going for it. And sometimes that means Love. that like, um, <laughs> like it could be, <laughs> I have an idea, like I'm going to have a major career change, go online, start looking up classes. Like how do I, <laughs> how do I, um, yeah. become a realtor? How do I like do mm. this? And then and then there's my husband that puts on the brakes and he's like, have you thought about this? And I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about it right now. And he means, have you been thinking about this for weeks and yeah. months and whatever? And yeah. I'm like, no, I want to do this. So I'm going to do it now. And that that is really good in a lot of ways. Like I, I can be really energized about a project. Someone can say, will you do this? And I'm like, I'm on it. But then again, like maybe that means that could also be a weakness where it's like, really, have you thought this through the money that it's going to take, the time it's going to take? And then once you get certified for that, What are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I just get excited and go. So I see that as both. (laughs) Aren't they like, they're all the same. They're so closely It's all a double-edged sword. What song can you play on repeat all the time? Or or are you playing on repeat right now? Oh my gosh, there's lots. Yeah. I, I I have a favorite. I'm the type of person that, like when I was in sixth grade, I think I had an entire cassette tape front and back. Okay. Of Stand By Me. Oh. Of the song Stand By Me. Darling, darling. Oh, that song just broke my heart. And I was like in love with the movie, in love with every single boy in that movie. And I just, oh, you know. Heartbreaking. And yeah, and I would just put that in my, you know, boom box. And it had automatic turnover. And I, I, would, I could listen to that song for hours. So I am, I'm a person that can listen to a song over and over and over. So like right now, some of the songs are, that are on that repeat, repeat. <laughs> um. Japan House, I Saw You in a Dream. I love that song. Um, the Rolling Stones, She's Like a Rainbow. Oh. That's my daughter's song. And so I I feel that song. I feel that that's my, you know, Charlotte. Um, even songs, like even our morning, like our morning playlist I sometimes play for my kids. Yeah. Has like... <laughs> BTS dynamite on it and stuff. So sometimes, sometimes I just yep. love a really poppy, fun to sing, get everyone dancing kind of song. I can listen to those songs over and over and over. So I love it because I, it kind of tells you what stage of life you're in, right? Like, yeah. Or your state of mind. Or my state of mind. And day. music does help me like boost state of mind, like especially like energize or like if I want to get deep into those feels, you know, like like listening to Stand By Me over and over and over. Yeah. Like, like feeds that emotion and it helps it move along. I do feel if you want to know how someone is feeling without coming out and asking them, you know, like, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Just ask them what music they're listening to lately. Or what was the Honestly. last song you yeah. listened to? What are you listening to What are you now? listening to these days? In fact, our mutual friend Casey, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, has access to my Spotify list. <laughs> As she should. She she is a genius at <laughs> and the playlist. And she will observe my listening and then call me when she's alarmed. <laughs> That is like a therapist, like being able to monitor. And she'll say, I noticed that you've been (laughs) listening to this playlist. Been noticing you're listening to Ghost. How you doing? And Go Girls all over and over. You need need help. (laughs) That's my sad song. If I'm listening to that one over and over, it's like, Carrie. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's sit down. Let's change the the soundtrack. Yeah. Um, What is something, because you're such an open book, what is something that people don't know about you that that you kind of wish they did? I don't know. Um, that I, Tell me your deepest, darkest secrets. No, this, this is a question, I think, to really get to know somebody, not, not for what the secret is or the lesser known right, skill right, or whatever, yeah, yeah. but it's really, I think it, 
hopefully reveals of something that you're thinking about that you want to present to the world right. that you're not, right? So yeah, like something I don't that people don't know that you want to call attention to. Here's your chance. That I'm constantly even desperately seeking for people to go sing karaoke with me. See, I, that's a great answer. <laughs> and like, that's a, that's a hard one because people have a perception of what karaoke is. For me, it is 100% therapy. Yeah. And, and fun and let loose. And, uh, and, but for a lot of people, it's about, you know, performance and uh, I don't sing. I feel awkward and or whatever. And, like, and, and judgment. Or whatever. Yeah, and no, it's not like that at all. But so, because it's like that for me, I have a hard time getting mm. people to go with me. Because they just don't know how good of therapy it is yet. And it's the Man, cheapest therapy around. that is not how I thought you were going to answer that question. What a great response and honest. Love it. This is how you get to know people. I like this. <laughs> You're listening to The Lisa Show. We'll be right back. Welcome to The Lisa Show. What is one vice that you have that you're not going to give up? Uh, TV and movies. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, <laughs> I can't be highbrow and be like, I don't watch TV. Right. Like, I love TV. And, and not, I mean, there are some, like, network shows that I love and stuff, but we are, I know this has been, like, oversaid. We're living in a golden age of kind of like really good TV that's made by streaming services and there's money behind it. There's production behind it. There's story. Uh, I'm not ashamed. And even um, last, last week or the week before, I got really sick. I had like a flu. Ooh. And I binged the show Bling Empire on Netflix and it was kind of based on Crazy Rich Asians, that book and oh. movie. And so they, it's it's kind of you know housewives of whatever <laughs> given city, but it's it's this group of like cultivated, like made group of Asian friends in Los Angeles, and they're from different you know different a Asian countries, but like they all share um, certain traditions or holidays, and that's kind of what has brought them together as friends. And also they're all filthy rich, and some of them are you know you love to hate, some of them you're like a. I love that person. Someone's a gossip. Someone is like, there's one on there that I want to be her when I'm older. I want to be the oh. the dowager um, mm -hmm. who doles out advice and corrections and, oh, really? and you know, <laughs> fancy gifts. Yeah. Oh, it's fun. Guilty indulgence. So yeah, like that's never an embarrassing, gonna give never going to give it yeah. up. But yeah, that's an embarrassing one to kind of admit that I love. <laughs> I love all movies and TV from highbrow down to low trash. There's a place for everything. Yep. I've said it before. I'll say it again. TV's never let me down. Oh, no. My <laughs> darkest moments. <laughs> I was raised there. by TV, so. <laughs> and I turned out great, right? Right. Right. Come on. <laughs> what can't you do? That's right. What is the biggest learning experience that you've ever had in your life? Oh, there have been, there have been many, and some of them have been like you have to choose the biggest work related. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you one that surprised me, and this was, and this one's hard to admit. This is okay. This is a, a failure. This is one of my first big failures where I like had to pick myself up and move on from. And it was something that happened at work when I was, um, I was fortunate enough, fresh out of school, I have a, a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Interior Design. So I was a working interior designer, working in commercial design, doing retail, which is my love. Mm -hmm. it was, so it was basically a dream job. And, um, but the company I was working for was new and young. Like the people that ran it were also young, like in their 30s, even at that point. So, you know, they were a growing company and I was loving it. And I did this project for them. Um, I had doubts about the project that as a young woman, I felt insecure about sharing mm. with the uh, older people that were making decisions. And so I, I really dropped the ball on uh, part of the project that really impacted the budget of it. Like, it's just something that I kind of felt, well, that's not my, that's not really part of my job. And, and ultimately, like the lesson I got out of it was <laughs> you take responsibility for the things that fail. And, and truly I, it came down to me. I was the person that should have been responsible for that, you know, ended up one afternoon on the phone with the chairman of the company, like chairman oh, of the board. Yeah. And he was an older man, very experienced in business. And, like was sobbing on the phone with him of talking through this project, like, 
him asking me so, and, and to his credit, like he did it so kindly. Mm-hmm. He could, he could not have been a kinder kind of mentor through this, but, um, I had to own that huge mistake. I had to fix it. Like I had to kind of like help this resolve and I had to stay at the company. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was, I mean, show it, up it, the next day, right? Like it wasn't a huge humiliation or something like the whole company wasn't like blaming me for something, but, but, um, it was hard. Like that was a hard thing. But what I learned about myself and I was happy, I made it through. I wasn't angry. I wasn't trying to deflect, like, like I learned a lot about myself, like what I could handle when I failed and at least came through it feeling like, okay, I did it with like dignity, except for the sobbing on the phone. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but like I had, you know, dignity, I kept integrity um, and time passed and, and, and I learned, you know what I mean? But like that was, that was my big hard, like failure, 100%, like, oh, it was tough to get through. But Still, it's the first thing that comes to mind when someone asks something like that. It's so interesting how much you reveal about yourself when you answer these questions. Really? <laughs> like there's, there are, you know, I can tell that hard work is important to you and personal responsibility is important to you and that you take work seriously and your art seriously. And those are byproducts of answering a question that you get to that's so open-ended, really. Well, and to your credit, doing this exercise together, you're a good listener. You're a good listener. And so you're, I mean, you're asking these questions and you're listening to them because you want to know. And... Yeah, I really want to know. Yeah, that's the only thing I'm motivated by. And I think when people want to listen to what I have to say, I'm always a little bit surprised, only because I think in my mind, I... I, I want to gather information from other people, right? Like I'm just so curious about mm-hmm. who they are and I and I want to feel connected to them. And I, I think that it's a the art of conversation or the art of getting to know someone is an art form it that is. is like a give and a take. Um, You're, you are blessed with curiosity though. And that's like a good trait. And if you don't feel like you have curiosity and, and you want to do things like this, you kind of have to cultivate it. Because you can ask these questions, but not be l- really listening to the answer. Like I could have answered that, and someone wouldn't have like gotten that. Out I don't of it think like that there's did. anything more insulting when someone asks you a deep question, <laughs> like you know, how's your grief? How are your kids doing? You know, after this or whatever, uh-huh. and then you start to answer honestly, and you're because that's the social contract, right? Right, and you can tell that they're not listening. Yes or they interrupt you or they walk away or some or whatever cuz people get distracted yes. or whatever like I, that it to me is physically painful i agree I agree. And sometimes that happens like in social situations where there's lots of people. I think that's why I'm mm-hmm. a I'm a dinner party person, mm-hmm. not like a a party person because you you want to have not that you want like a captive audience, but like you it's it's a lot easier to get to know someone when you're sitting rather than like mingling and like getting interrupted and people come in and you're like, "Oh, hi." And you don't get the chance yeah, then for you those. can be interrupted, but we all know what it feels like to be talking to somebody in in a big setting or a small setting. Oh yeah, even and they're your family. looking over you. <laughs> yeah, looking for somebody better to talk to and you're just like, "Okay, well, okay. never mind." Well, and that's a good cue like for me when like I when I like, "No, stay here. I want to talk. I want I'm not done with you." Yeah. But like I, it's not the appropriate time at a party or like it, you know, save that interaction, you know, be patient. <laughs> I have to pull back and be like, keep it light. <laughs> I was just talking to somebody and they were trying to explain who this person was. And they were saying sometimes they are a little bit socially awkward. They're not really aware, you know, like kind of a heads up. And I thought to myself, that's a really interesting observation that I wonder if that person that person is obviously not aware. So where does that come from? Is is that a taught skill? Is that just something that's innate that you are aware of a social surrounding and what's appropriate to talk about in public and what's not? Like you're saying, when is it okay to ask personal questions and to really, you know, get deep and right. connected? Is that is and I think that some people can feel it when it's appropriate and when we're going to go down that road and some people can't and I'm certainly trying to get better at know at knowing that. I think again, it's an Same. art form. Yes, yeah, and, and and kind of a good rule of thumb is if you're standing and holding your drinks or food, keep you know your your time is shorter than if you're have than you're sitting. You're mm-hmm. sitting eating and drinking, or you're you know like, like. But I I can be very socially awkward, but I'm also self aware. There are people that 
are not self-aware. And those, like, if, if that was my kid, I would pull them aside. And I mean, I have, you know, with my daughter and like, you can't shut people down by just saying, I don't want to do that and move yeah, on. Right. Like, you know, you talk to them about stuff like that, but it's harder as an adult. Um, and we, all, is we all have friends where it's not my job and it's not like my stewardship. It's not my right to like pull them aside and be like, did you know you're socially awkward? Yeah, that's just Can not I help you with your skills? Like, oh, yeah, no, you brother. just, you can't. Other than like just being a good friend and guiding, complimenting when you can, <laughs> like, you know, support the good behavior. Yeah, but we all have people we dread talking to. Well, and then we are just coming out of COVID and different situations <laughs> yes. where people are becoming more themselves is how I like to say it. Like <laughs> yes. if you are extroverted now, you are super extroverted. <laughs> awkwardly so. If you were introverted before, you are awkwardly introverted. We're all just like, how do we talk it? to people and not scare <laughs> them away? And so we've got that kind of learning curve plus different family values and family like background of what you talked about. At the, like we talked about everything at my dinner table. Mm-hmm. I found out in college, oh, not every buddy grew up in a family where you just brought up anything. Right. And then being able to negotiate that is can be awkward and can bump into each other. And I feel, I really want people to feel comfortable around me. And so yes. I think, I don't know where anybody else is coming from, right? But if I can listen and just give them the benefit of the doubt and really prove to them, this is a safe place. Like, I'm not going to make fun of you mm-hmm. unless... That you like being made fun of because, mm-hmm. like, you know, my siblings and I, we like to teach each other. <laughs> right. That's our love language. Um, but that I'm going to listen and give you that respect, right? right? And I and I am often surprised when people are just not interested in yeah. in just listening to other people's points of view because that's where real connection is and vulnerability. It's not that you just find the people that you agree with and agree with everything that you say. It's it's really taking the time to to explain why you feel the way you do. And even as we make friends, because I've noticed this, um, as you make friends, you tend to, you gravitate towards the people that think the same as you or that have the same interests. And I find that I, um, like politically or religiously, um, I, I'm, not having, I'm not having the opportunities that... Um, maybe I used to have uh, when I was like going to school and like I, I was exposed to kind of a wider variety of people or in different places that I've lived. Like I've noticed that and I've thought like, how can I, how can I expand that? And a couple of things uh, that have been delightful, like in my town, there have been things like living room discussions, which are um, public forums that's actually run and trained by a company that teaches you how to have like a public dialogue. And you can go and I've gone on multiple topics and usually they're like hot topics like politics, like religion, like social ideas that are kind of, you know, in the news and people are talking about. And they give people a safe, open place to talk about that. And I have met people that had opposing views. And because we were all there in agreement to like be civil and to be curious and to be whatever it was there are great opportunities out there they may not come naturally in like friendships but I have been delightfully surprised to find that they are out there and like you know it's out of my comfort zone but isn't that so good for me like don't we all need a little step out outside of the circle so seek it out seek those things out if you find they're not naturally in your neighborhood or you know, with the circle of moms or coworkers that you know, so. You know, accidental friendships are great. Yeah. They really are. And it's, oh, we, our kids are the same age or our kids like each other or we live in the same neighborhood or it's very convenient. Those are my friends these days, right? And I absolutely agree with that. And I think it's so wonderful. I do also think that stretching yourself though and having friends and going out of your way to have friends who are different from you and make a little bit more of an effort also has value. Absolutely. I, I, in fact, I made a friend recently in the last couple of years who's, it was our sons that brought us together. They're like best friends. And um, like at first impression, I did not think that I would have anything in common. We did not click. And in fact, I, I like kind of avoided this person. And now she's one of my best friends. Yeah. Because it has value. It does have value and like we got but you to know don't each know other. Yeah. Until you get to know each other. We didn't until we had a chance to sit and talk. And um she is a great listener. She asks amazing questions. Like she wants to know about people. And that's naturally, you know, how I like tell me everything. So it's been a fun friendship and, and I'm and I'm grateful. I love her. 
I love when I feel like I can be myself. Yes. And and maybe sometimes in social situations when I was younger, I would have held my tongue or not, you know, waited to be able to read the room before I really expressed what I thought. And the older mm-hmm. I get, the less I wait. And I don't mean to dominate the conversation or anything or derail or try to say something provocative just for the sake of it, but just to say what I really think and then sit back and listen to what other people really think. And for whatever reason, that has just helped me to make friends quicker because there's less of that, oh, I thought you were this way or, you know, or we only knew each other in a mm-hmm. in a formal setting or whatever. It's just thought, this is, this is, let's, let's get into it. Let's, mm-hmm. let's just, let's treat each other with kindness and respect and also with what we really think and, and you, not layer it. You don't have to be like, intense best friends. No. And that's another and, and, part and, of the conversation, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But like you can go a little deeper than just the surface. And I and I do have like a surface personality that I kind of don't love. What do you mean? Uh, you know, like the, I would never categorize uh, you like that. Yeah. No, there's a <laughs> there's a party face, right? And I like I'm talking like I go to tons of parties. I do not. <laughs> It's not the day and age we live in. No. I mean, I've been to a party or two. I hope. Yeah, no. In our (laughs) perfect world, there would be karaoke parties every weekend, but we don't live in that world yet. Not yet. We have to create it. Yes, that's my my utopia. (laughs) Like, I have a personality that sometimes I just don't love. It's a little too, like, much when really I want to be sitting down and, like, doing this, what we're doing. Like, let's just talk about this. What do you think about this? Did you see that? What did you think? You know, know, instead of, like... I don't know. Yeah, diving a little bit deeper (laughs) into those questions of not only what do you think, but who are you and why? How have you come to learn this? Like what, you know, sort of price have you paid to To get there? And and what you were talking about comes with confidence, right? Where where you can talk in a group and be really authentic and like ask a question or understand what people... That's a maturity too and and a confidence that I, I didn't have like in my 20s and maybe not even in my 30s. Well, and I've also noticed that at times in my life, and this was much more... I mean, this is something that everyone struggles with their whole life, but that kind of insecurity and sort of rating where you are in life and how well you're doing to your peers, right? Mm -hmm. And and I'm getting a lot better at that than I was. But if you're talking to someone and you're sort of saying, what is your life like? Or what does it look like right now? (laughs) And other people are doing awesome in areas that you're not doing awesome or vice versa, (laughs) that that can create a lot of like, oh, good night. Like I'm going home. I don't want to talk like this anymore. But when you do feel confident in your own choices and you're not threatened, by someone who lives completely differently than right. you or is quote unquote more successful. Like it just doesn't matter. Stuff no. like that just doesn't matter. Don't but, compare apples to oranges. But it's hard terms sometimes. Of that. It is. It and, is. And I think that it does keep people, it, it has it in my life at certain points, not, not currently, but um, from connecting with people yeah. because you're just feeling too fragile. Yeah. Or like, I don't really have anything to add right now. And I mean, I'm I'm in that stage a little bit right now, like not working. And I've worked most of my life. Is even, that something that you feel insecure about? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, like oh. it makes me a little like, oh, I'm not that interesting, you know. what? Or even when people ask me, what do I do? Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I, I know, don't know. It's such a hard question. I don't know because I'm not doing it right now. Yeah. You know, like I'm not being an interior designer right now. I'm not being a teacher right now. So, So when we talk about friendships and sort of like deepening it, I think that's what we crave when we say, hey, we want to go out or I need to call a friend or do something fun. You know, it's not necessarily the activity, but it's just like feeling (laughs) like you can connect or bond with someone. Uh What is your go-to question when you really want to know something about someone? Ask about their family. Um, Usually, 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 not always, but people are pretty comfortable kind of talking about their family or they, you know, like to talk about their family. And I think it's, it's really telling like what, number you are in the family and oh, that kind of okay. sparks a conversation. Like the sibling of, birth order. Yeah, mm-hmm. like are you first, are you middle, are you last and then, you know. Are you only? Are you? Yeah. And how, you know, how was that? Like, were you the were you the little mama or were you the you know, the follower? You know, you, you just you just find yeah. out a lot about people about their place in the family and what they like to do. Oh, that's and, a really good one. And you can immediately find out like, oh, family is a touchy subject. Like, oh, kind of maybe move on and, and then in that case, I would talk usually about like some kind of, not necessarily like college life, but like as a young person, what were you doing? 
you know, if you're not talking about, like, this is beyond jobs. Like, what do you do? Where do you live? Like, blah, blah, blah. I also love to know where people lived. Love to know where people lived. I don't know why for me that tells me a lot about a person, Hmm. but I think it says a lot about me, maybe. That's why. Sure. Because you're also, yeah, revealing information about yourself by the questions that you ask. Oh, sure. 100%. Sure. Now I'm thinking about that. Like, well, uh-oh, what am I asking? Because especially when things, when my when my husband was diagnosed with a terminal disease Ooh. and I felt quite fragile or right after he died. I mean, really, honestly, for the last seven years, when people ask me, how are you in different ways? How are you? How are you? Oh, that's a dumb question. Oh, I'm sorry. It's like, how are you has become the hardest oh. question for people to ask and for me to answer. Bless so yeah. I just avoid it and just, and I appreciate it when people ask me, how are you today? Or how are you feeling, you know, today mm-hmm. at like a throwaway question or what does your life look like now? And I like asking people that question. It's made you more sensitive to that I, for and sure. Because I, I feel like then it's so open and I and it gives the power to the person no matter how like if you're worried that they're feeling tender or you don't know if it's good or bad or but you really do want to know. You just don't want to be socially like inappropriate or right. awkward or make them cry or whatever. I mean, unless you're a good friend, you can ask whatever, right? Right. But saying, what does your life look like right now? The way that I answer that will reveal what I'm thinking about, what's on my mind. And you asked what me I that value. this morning. You, I we, like that. We greeted and you, and you yeah. asked me, what, is your, what does your life look like right now? Well, because we that, assume so, so much. You know, I think, you know, when I was a, a stay-at-home mom, you know, when People ask you, you know, like, what do you do? It causes you sort of anxiety where it shouldn't because you do everything, right? Right. But if you ask... Running the world, right? Yeah, or if your job is changing and you're mm-hmm. stressed about that or you're stressed about things at home or or something exciting and fun is happening and it lets you highlight what you want to do. What right. does your life look like now? And and this is a uniquely American uh, social phenomenon where we say, oh, how true. are you? And, and what we mean is how do you like, howdy, howdy. not, <laughs> not like, or in England, they would be like, yeah, all right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like that's the most that's, confusing. I, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Sure. Greeting to Americans yes. like, all right. And you're all like, right. All, all right. What, what? Like, uh-huh. But yeah, it's our version of saying, what's up very lightly. But in other cultures, it's, if you ask, how are you, you are going to get exactly how they are. And yeah, so we, there's, there's many variations of that for us. Well, how I are you? I know. How are you how doing? How are you? How are you? Yeah. Yeah. And how that is interpreted is up to you. And I like how you rephrase it. Like if, if you want to know something else, ask something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's okay. Instead of just saying, how are and you? And also on the other end of it, if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. <laughs> I guess not. I will always answer. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we had you on the Lisa show. You Thank you so much for being oh my really gosh, my open pleasure. and honest. It's my hope that when people, everyone should know who you are. You're so lovely and you're so, <laughs> you know, accomplished and friendly and, and you've made my life better. You that's how I find friend. <laughs> my dream is that all of my friends are friends. And oh, so everyone is mm. kind of connected. And and for whatever reason, that's been in my heart since I was a little girl, right? It's a gift of yours. You bring I friends love together. That. I want, I, it, it brings me so much joy. Um, and I think the art of conversation and then the art of asking questions can help people find what they really are searching for, which is connection and being seen and felt. And, and it's something that I want to talk more about. It's been fun to talk this way. Thank you for listening to The Lisa Show. We'll be right back. Welcome to The Lisa Show. Now, you have to teach your kids one million things. I, and if I start making a list of all the things, it, it is very overwhelming. And perhaps it's because as my kids get older and I have teenagers and then now young adults, then I, as they leave the home, I think, oh, wait, did I tell them that? Did I teach them this? Now, one aspect uh, that I feel is more important than I would have thought say 10, 20 years ago, is that element of socialization for your kids. Having them 
meet new people, mm-hmm. feel confident going into a new situation. Carry a conversation. Yes, yeah. yep. exactly. And it, because it's not just the verbal things that you teach them, but it's the nonverbal cues. Like when I say, oh, when someone's talking, if you're like looking around, <laughs> they might interpret that as uh, that rude or care. that you don't care. Yep. Oh, that's not what I mean. Well, you know, those kinds of little lessons add up and they're really hard to to really uh, – not only list, but then implement, right, in your everyday sort of parenting moments. So here to help us teach kids how to socialize is friend of the show, Carrie Ann Rhodes. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Good morning. Good morning. Good. I'm, I'm glad you're here. I am glad I, you're here. I hear here. there's a bit of snow outside. <laughs> well, and I'm and I'm glad that we're able to have eye to eye conversation this morning. I'm looking into your eyes and saying good morning, okay. well, good morning. All right, you guys. <laughs> Look, I got something down. I got it right. I put my phone away. Face <laughs> to we're, face. We're talking face to face like humans. I think one of the uh, a hard aspect of parenting is knowing when to be patient. Like, oh, they'll learn. They'll right. get it eventually. And when to insist. No, you need to learn this now, whether it's tying your shoes or socializing. And that's a huge spectrum. Where do you start? Well, this is a tough one. This is one of those things that a lot of parents don't explicitly teach kids. Some some parents do. And it depends on a culture. Mm-hmm. Um I was taught years ago um, by a, a friend of the show, Casey Faulkner, uh-huh. um, a good friend of mine. She when she had young kids and I had no kids, I remember her explicitly teaching her kids. Like when we came over, we were neighbors, uh, yeah. you know, casual friends. But she had an expectation that her kids, the ones that were old enough at least, would would acknowledge that we had entered their home. <laughs> um, <laughs> hello. And, right. Make eye contact and say hello. And I remember thinking oh my gosh, like, have, has anyone ever told me that that was like the expectation? And her ki- her kids, when they were little, were on the shy side. And so it was mm-hmm. a way that she was teaching them that this is appropriate, like social behavior in her home. It was just setting an expectation. She wasn't forcing them. She wasn't, you know, it wasn't like stressful, but she was just reminding them, okay, mm-hmm. say hello. And it, and it impressed me then. And so I thought of all the ways that we explicitly teach our young children to socialize, like, sharing getting along um taking turns like oh sure that school shows that teach kids all of those skills but are there any like what shows do kids watch these days i don't know my kids watch a lot of (laughs) daniel tiger okay daniel tiger (laughs) daniel tiger taught me how to parent um and teaches all sorts of good things all these little parenting tips and whatever but but do they teach things like say hello, <laughs> like verbally say hello? Now um, that you mentioned look it, in your I, eyes. And <laughs> yeah, I don't. I can't think of a preschool show or a. And I mean, I'm sure there are some that do. But you're right. This isn't something that is acknowledged a lot. Right. It's kind of a. It's a. It's a modeled behavior. It's more modeled, I think, mm-hmm. than it is kind of an explicit sure. lesson. And um, I. I wasn't a shy kid. I was probably more on the obnoxious side of the spectrum but that Preach. didn't mean that mm-hmm. i that i Wait, couldn't what <laughs> i know it's shocking. you hold on you were yeah. that, that may be this. a thing for a different time <laughs> it doesn't mean that if you're not shy that you still can't learn some appropriate social behavior like mm-hmm. i think my problem was teaching was treating every adult like a jungle gym like pick me oh, up yeah, yeah. swing me around you know that <laughs> so can you see that there's a need to maybe kind of teach good social behavior so as I've mentioned before um, both of my sister-in-laws are native to other countries I have one sister-in-law from France and one sister-in-law from Japan and both of their cultures have very specific norms for appropriate hellos and goodbyes and because these families both live in the United States it's different what they expect from their kids socially is different from what they expect when they are in their native countries. And so um, I've been in their native countries with them and kind of observed. And it's very interesting just what is natural and what you do. And even when um, recently I went to France and visited my sister-in-law's family, Mm -hmm. um, the kissing on the cheeks three Mm -hmm. times. I mean, I mean, that is if you don't do that. It's considered rude, even if you don't know these people at all. Mm-hmm. Or if, as, as you walk into a shop, if you don't um, say hello to the shopkeeper, 
it is considered very rude. And that's just not something we do in the States. But that's that's a small socialization that I didn't learn in French class even. Sure. So, you know, these things are kind of small details, but they can have a big impact on how you're perceived and kind of how you're treated. So we want our kids to kind of start off on the best foot when they're starting in school, etc. So there's a big movement right now in the United States about not forcing your children to hug or kiss um, adults. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah. Don't force them. Yeah. To to have any physical contact with an adult. Right. That's that's not <laughs> without and, consent. Without consent. Right. And I know that I know that's kind of a big buzzword right now. The word consent in our culture, American mm-hmm. culture right now. But it's worth talking about because it it and it's this is a personal family decision. But by teaching a child that they they are not forced to hug and kiss even grandma and grandpa or, you know, aunts and uncles, that kind of thing. We're teaching them they have autonomy over their own body mm-hmm. and that um, no one can force them to have physical contact um, if, if they don't want it or they don't right. initiate it. Um, because if we're, you know, there's the idea that if we're forcing to have intimate contact with this adult, they have a hard time discerning, well, then the stranger adult. Yeah. Is it appropriate then for them to have that kind of contact? So it's worth it's worth talking about your whoever you're raising. Are you raising your children with a partner? Talking with them about, well, what do you think about this? What do you think is appropriate? My kids, I'm a hugger. And so, and so my kids know, me too. have kind of become huggers. And I know that my parents appreciate it when they get hugs for my kids. They've actually said that, how much it means to them mm-hmm. to have a hug from a grandchild so sure. that they feel connected and whatnot. But I try really hard and I've caught myself um, wanting to say, go, go say goodbye, go give a hug to someone without... And kind of feeling like, oh, do they want to do this in the moment well, it's or do one they not? Thing to remind them like, hey, now would be the appropriate right. time because they're leaving to go say goodbye. And that's the other thing of saying, you know, this is exactly how you have we to do it. We are not leaving until you <laughs> hug grandma. Yeah. And I've noticed sometimes they have chosen to hug like a family friend who I wouldn't have like said, sure, give them a hug. Yeah, but and I've kind to. of like... Okay, if, if they're wanting to, that's you know that that's fine. Um, but there's also a lot of backlash to this as as well, and sure. and there's going to be two sides to every story. So that's why I say discuss it as a family. Talk about it with your kids. Well, I think this is the the reason why I really like having this conversation with you because you're saying, you know, I'm not telling you what to do and what that kind of socialization is, but have the conversation, right? Right, like talk about it to mm-hmm. your kids. And I think that from young kids to um, older kids and adolescents, mm-hmm. we stop having those conversations. We just assume they know. And it's going to be a totally different conversation. It's going to be the same topic, but treated in a different style when my kids become teenagers and and their bodies are changing and they may suddenly feel shy and awkward and mm-hmm. dumb like hugging grandma and grandpa. I mean, right. I don't know, but but it's that's you been don't my have, experience. <laughs> you don't have this like conversation the, once they used and leave to, it. And then now they're like, oh, bye. And I'll be like, come on, <laughs> well, at least say goodbye. Yeah. I don't know. Look right. at them in the eyes yeah, and give say. them two syllables, not just mm-hmm. one. We're talking with friend of the show Carrie Ann Rhodes about the socialization of our kids. Uh, you know, things like saying hello when someone comes into the room. Uh, by the way, we haven't uh, taught you this yet, but we insist that when anyone comes here into the studio that they say bonjour and, and oh, look I at us in the eyes. Well, I know, I know. <laughs> and we've considered it very rude, but now that you know we've had this conversation, we hope that you'll... I know, the expectation now I can yep, yep, yep. not disappoint. Part of socialization is also like making friends, and, and I think that comes naturally to a lot of kids, but yes. not... To some, well, and the, <laughs> I have I have noticed the, the difference between my two children's personalities mm-hmm. as they've entered preschool and kindergarten, and now we're getting into older grades. That kids naturally make friends mm-hmm. G- generally, like they they play with other peop- other kids in the class, even if it's kind of parallel play, mm-hmm. where they're not like talking to each other and doing imaginary things with each other, but they're playing together. That That is part of socialization, even if it's not, <laughs> they're yeah. not using each other's names and looking mm-hmm. into each other's eyes. But a parent can help kids take that next step. Um, and I realized this recently as my daughter says, there's a new kid in class. There was a new kid in class today. And I'm like, oh, really? What's his name? 
I don't know. <laughs> but we but they played. Like they had yeah. played that day. Yeah. I don't know. Or she'll come home and say, I, I made a new friend today. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's so great. What's your friend's name? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it just kind of made me wonder as a parent, like, okay, there are some, there are some skills, like, very gently as a mother that mm-hmm. I can help them. So one of them is remembering remembering names. And uh, oh, yeah. you can go online and find, you know, millions and millions and millions of self-help and advice and whatever, teaching you how to better socialize. And the, the classic tome, right, is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm-hmm. And it's it's written by Dale Carnegie in like 1932. This is an old book. It's <laughs> It's considered kind of trite and whatever. But I return to it again and again and again because the principles are so easy. If if someone had given me that book as a teenager, it would have vastly improved my ability to socialize, carry on a conversation, like you said, Richie, yeah. whatever. And so I kind of, there are six points from that book uh, in a chapter called Six Ways to Make People Like You. And this is a very simple way to kind of help small children to teenagers um, teach them explicitly good socialization practices. So one of them is be genuinely interested in other people. And some of these are kind of like vague topics for a small child, but something like Mm -hmm. smile, Mm -hmm. that's number two. That's not a hard thing to teach a kid that you can make a friend easily if you just smile at them. Even if you say you don't have to talk, (laughs) if you're too shy to talk to this person, you can (laughs) smile at them. Yeah. A lot of great, really, uh, really great information about helping us socialize our kids, helping them to just have those yeah. basic uh, communication skills, whether it be remembering a name or looking someone in the eye like I'm doing right now with Carrie Ann Rhodes. <laughs> Thanks for being with us. I feel seen. Thanks for having me. The Lisa Show is a production of BYU Radio. This week's show was produced by me, Lisa Valentine Clark and McKay Menden with music and sound design by Katie Johnson and Sam Clausen. Special thanks to Casey Faulkner. You can find more from her at CaseyFaulkner.com. If you like the show, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify so we can reach new listeners like you. We can add to the conversation. Next week on the show. There are a lot of viewpoints that I was introduced to through music. For me, listening to music is like reading. So you get to see a point of view that you wouldn't otherwise get. And I care a lot about what the authors intend. Not everyone does, but I do. (laughs) (laughs) And R.E.M., while my mom hated them because they were so obnoxious, I loved them because they taught me about activism. That's next week on The Lisa Show. The Lisa Show.